0: Welcome to another Western Ag Life Voices podcast, where we celebrate the people that make up the rich fabric of the western lifestyle. Please do us a favor and thank the sponsors because without them, we couldn't bring you these free podcasts. All right, welcome to Western Aglife Media. This is our second in our series of talking with our favorite hat makers and today we have Mr. Trent Johnson with Greeley Hatworks. My name is Dean Fish. I'm your co-host, along with Paul Ramirez and Matt Arndt at Western Ag Life Media. Anyway, how you doing, Trent?
1: I am doing great. Thank you both for uh, having me. Quite an honor to be on here with you guys. Uh, you guys are living legends, and not only in your own mind, but in our industry. So, thank <laughs> you, guys.
0: <laughs> That's funny. So, Greeley Hatworks has been around since 1909. Now, you weren't there at the beginning of it, Trent, but... Um, I think you, you grew up in Colorado. Tell us a little bit about how you got into, uh, a little bit about your interest in hats and how you kind of got started into the hat business.
1: Sure, thank you. Um, so yeah, yeah, Hat Hatworks has been around since 1909. I'm the fourth hat maker to own it, and um, I was an, appre- uh, an apprentice three and a half years prior to that. Um, but really, I got started on the hat thing um, at a very young age. I've always just had a thing an affinity for hats i mean to the point of i didn't grow up in the business or in the industry but as a kid i had a hat collection and not really to date myself but the year epcot center opened we went on a family vacation and i saved all my vacation money and bought hats at all the different countries around epcot center i bought a fez in morocco a pith helmet in africa a beret in france So um, I kind of joke that, you know, that, I mean, I've just been at it from a very young age. And so when I came to Colorado, I mean, I'm from Colorado. When I came to Greeley to go to college, the folks that had the hat shop prior to me, it was actually in their barn on their ranch. I got a job working and living on the ranch and ended up spending all my spare time in the hat shop. And so, uh, you know, as as I progressed uh, through both, You know, the the ranching and all of that, you know, from everything from irrigation, hay, first calf heifers, you know, whatever it is. I literally spent every moment in that hat shop. And then uh, when I came to school up here, um, I didn't really have good enough grades to get into business school. But what I ended up doing is going to the small business development center at night and learning how to write a business plan and I mean, that's kind of how I ended up with Greedy Hatworks, you know, like over 27 years ago.
0: So there, there's kind of an interesting story. I, you're kind of glossing over it, but there's kind of an interesting story on in how you financed buying this business. Didn't it come from a little bit of yard work?
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of, I guess, the easiest way to descri- describe it is my parents were awesome jerks. Um, <laughs> When I started my lawn mowing business in about sixth grade, I went to go tell my dad. I figured he'd be proud. I started my own business, and my dad asked me how I was going to do it, and I was like – I thought he was being sarcastic. I was like, well, I'm going to go get the lawnmower out of the shed, push it down the street, and mow the lawn. And he's like, but the problem is is that's my lawnmower. It's not yours. (laughs) So my dad actually rented me the lawnmower. Then, as a, as my business grew, um, I had the opportunity to buy a little small trailer um, from Mr. Cacciatore. He was a teacher with my dad. His his room was across the hall, and I bought the, I bought my own mower, my own trimmer, and I bought the I bought the uh, trailer. Um, but remember how I said I wasn't smart enough to get into business school? Well, I wasn't. Here's the living proof is. I kind of didn't realize that I wasn't old enough to drive. So (laughs) my dad ended up charging me mileage. And, uh, you know, fast forward, my parents were always doing that to me. I mean, to the point of if I moved home, like after college, you know, they charged me rent, all of those kinds of things. Well, as I started looking for financing, you know, about everything we use is built between 1850 and 1940. So a lot of banks didn't see the value. It just kind of smelled like, an old antique store. And they if you didn't know the business or the industry, it just looked like a bunch of antiques. So I had a hard time getting financing. And finally, um, unfortunately, I was left almost there, but had to ask my parents for a business loan. So I, I drove down to Pueblo, where I was born and raised, and I, I pushed it across the table and showed it to my mom and dad. And my mom and dad kind of turned their backs to me looking over the business plan and said, you know, we're not going to loan you the money. I was like, well, but why not? They're like, you have the money. I was like, no, I've spent my college money. I don't really have anything. And they're like, no, you have the money. And I was like, no, I don't have the money. And they said, well, remember when you thought we were jerks and we rented you the lawnmower and charged you mileage and charged you rent to live here and all of those things? I'm like, yeah, they're like, well, we actually invested all that money in the stock market. So how about we go close out your account and buy a hat shop? I mean, is that not the most awesome jerks?
0: Oh, man. That, as parents, we can only hope to be that that's, awesome, right? That, that's right? a great story. That's
1: cool. That's yeah, a really cool thank story.
0: You. So, thank you. So, you. so you buy this hat shop. What, what what, do you start tackling? I mean, I think, you, you know, you, you're probably overwhelmed at first, right? I mean, you've been in a business. You kind of know what you want to do. You kind of have a vision, but – but, what do you kind of start tackling well, first or what do you what do you start prioritizing or
1: well you know it was one of those things that i realized very early on that the two things that got us to be as well known as we were at the time was our quality and our customer service so i knew i wanted to kind of i wanted to grow the business but i really needed to be careful on how i was going to grow that business just for the fact of if you grow too big too fast Usually, those are the two first two things that get lost: are the quality and the customer service. So um, I did it, you know, in a way that was manageable for me. Obviously, not in a way that it would ever be worth like venture capital money investing in Greedy Hat Works because we went from 60 hats my last year as an apprentice um, to the first year I owned it, I built 120, and then last year we built about 10,000 hats, and that sounds like crazy growth, but over 27 years, it's really not that crazy. And it's actually a little bit more manageable. And so that's one of those things that is still very important to me is, uh, the traditions of how, how I learned what that hat, you know, means to people and to make sure it could be the best quality for the, for the fairest price.
0: So I think kind of playing off that quality and customer service conversation you have a device called a conformateur Uh, uh, that 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 technology is a little bit older, um, but that's how you ensure everybody gets a proper fit, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So um, we use um, the conformateur and fermilion, which those, those pieces like kind of a brother and sister piece, they go together is um, the conformateur conforms to your head. We put it on your head and it moves these pins around to give me the exact shape of your head one sixth size scale then once we take that out we trace it we cut it out we put it into the next piece called the familiar, meaning familiar to the shape of your head and that's we're going to put that pattern into that and it actually makes it six times bigger or life size of the exact shape of your head now i'm, I'm sure lots of people have gone to a western wear store or, you know at a show somewhere and somebody measures their head and takes a tape measure around their head and measures 23 inches well we all know that's about a size 7 and 3 eighths, but that tape measure doesn't tell you the shape of the head so to us um, it's like you said it's one of those old pieces that i've really found nothing better and so i guess we're kind of an anti-technology company
0: yeah i promise you though that it, that it certainly works you just sent me a new hat um, for full disclosure, I'm a Greeley customer and a Greeley fan and a devotee. Anyway, he sent me a new hat. I pulled it out of the box, put it right on my head, and it was like I'd been wearing it 20 years. It was it was a perfect fit. That was, a, that
1: awesome. was, Thank that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. W- and I guess I should disclose this. Um, I wish it was that easy every time, but not everybody's head is as perfect as Dean Fisher. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah,
0: that's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> so now – You've evolved in that time you know going from sixty hats to ten thousand hats I guess what in in that evolution what do you think has has you know of course it's been it's your strategy and vision right you know but but you've also had some stuff kind of fall into place for you to have that growth and for you to kind of start fulfilling that vision that you maybe had when you bought the hat shop
1: sure sure so you know one of my first Private label hats I ever did was, um, I believe it was the fall of '96. Is I had partnered up uh, with Red Seagull for the what used to be the Cowboy Heritage, um, uh, Cowboy Heritage Association, and um, they were to promote you know uh, the 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 history in the American West, and so I built hats. Um, with red seagull's signature in them, um, all custom fit and so forth and so you know that's one of those things that again like I can't make this stuff up but and, and after college, my dad and Red seagull were actually roommates, so I've known red seagull I mean since I was born, like he's a little bit more of a roan seagull now, but I remember <laughs> red when he was red, but he's one of those guys that really Stood behind me, believed in me, and tried to help me get me in front of the right people at the right time, which is part of it. But if you know, if you if you're not providing the experience, the customer service, and the quality, it doesn't matter who people introduce you to. And so after that, it was um, in, in 1998. It was the National Cattlemen's 100-year anniversary, and they commissioned me to build a hundred 100% beaver hats. Um, for their for their celebration, and you know that was I just celebrated my 25th year at the National Cattlemen, um convention and partnering with them so um, you know I think really to me that speaks volumes about where we come from and where we're going because we haven't really changed and so to me that's really important that we still have that relationship with with the men and women that are helping provide the safest protein to the entire world. Um, and then, you know, things just kind of start snowballing from there as you as you, we were really and still really grow organically, meaning like I need good people who believe in our product to tell other good people about our product. And that's kind of how it works. It's basically a, a word-of-mouth campaign. And so, um, you know, maybe, I think it was 2012 – I built a hat for this guy at a reigning horse show by the name of Taylor Sheridan, which at that time really didn't mean a lot to me. I mean, nice enough guy. I built him a hat. Um, But then he, uh, he reached out to me about um, building some hats for uh, the movie Wind River with Jeremy Renner. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started to um, get my foot in the door with uh, Sheridan and Paramount and a lot of those other folks which then of course led to Yellowstone and I've been on all five seasons of, uh, of Yellowstone and still working with them and, and had some opportunities to do some other fun and cool movies and TV shows, music videos, um, fashion shows and that's the stuff that sounds cool in a podcast and looks great like on a press release but that isn't the core of my business. The core of my business is real people who want real quality and want a, a great experience. That, that's who we are.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's why, you know, I in particular love you. So I think one of the uh, – we talked to uh, a, another hat maker that Paul kind of deals with, and so he kind of told how he first was introduced. And I'll tell the story of how I was first introduced to Trent's hats was by our good friend Todd McCartney. Um, we call him the Todd father. Um, Trent's got two eight foot tall um, cutouts of him that he packs around at his booth, and he towers over everybody. And anyway, um, Tom McCartney was an ambassador, or is an ambassador for um, Greeley Hat Works, and he took me over to the booth, and I was kind of the same as as Paul. You know, I, I I mean, I'd worn hats just about every single day of my life, but I I'd, I'd never had a high quality hat, and so the first hat I bought, I was at the same time I'm kind of like wow this is a big investment um I probably shouldn't have spent that kind of money at at least at that point in my life on that hat but once I got that hat that was easily easily the best investment I had and you just um rebuilt that hat for me that hat's seen a lot of wear um and that hat still looks as good it was just on the cowgirl channel for (laughs) for uh about eight days now, <laughs> Trent, that old agave awesome. that you built awesome. me first. So, um, yeah. so anyway, so recognizing that quality and, and so even going further than that, um, Trent a couple years later asked me if I'd, um, you know, get on the team and be an ambassador. And, and for me, it was a no brainer, but I, I really didn't understand where Trent was coming from because he's built hats for presidents. He's built hats for, um, you know, movie stars, for entertainers, for people that are dignitaries in the equestrian world. Um, you know, why would he want some chubby little brown guy from southern Arizona repping his hats? Um, but I think it, it goes back to what Trent's core commitment is, is to, you know, the real people that are producing the food and fiber in this country. And so, I mean, I guess I'm paraphrasing here, but um, that, that was a that was a really kind of a, Big deal to me that Trent recognized that, that, you know, that working people and ordinary people use your hats as much as, you know, a president will.
1: Yeah, you bet. And, you know, Dean, that brings up a thing where I was um, doing some other film stuff, and they referred to me as an influencer. And at first I was taken – I was a little taken back and didn't know – if I kind of wanted that label, I mean, because I, I didn't really understand where they were coming from. But you know, now I've I've decided to kind of own it as I am an influencer. But it, it's about it's about not only the hat and the quality and the experience, but it's also about the peoples whose heads are going on and how those people help ha- help promote our Western way of life and heritage. And so I would love to honestly tell the entire um, hativerse that you too are an influencer, and I don't mean about hats, but I mean about life and agriculture and everything that you do and uh, your commitments in so many different, literally in different arenas. Uh, that how you impact and influence other people that we need to kind of own that as as a compliment more than you know something that you think of when you think of Instagram.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good way to put that. Paul, you had some, uh, yeah, uh, Trent, um, why don't you, um, tell us a little bit about, I've noticed one thing that's definitely changed, um, in the industry is it seems that there's a lot more females now wearing hats than I've ever seen before.
1: Yeah, there, there are. And the way that even the way that trends have changed over the last three years are amazing. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, many years ago we started a collaboration with Double D Ranchwear based out of Yoakum, Texas. Uh, they built, you know, great women's fashion and clothing and wanted to do something in the hat world, and so they collaborated with us to help design and make these hats, and it's one of those things that is is super cool, um, but really is a lot bigger than that because a lot of our... I guess supply chain issues when it comes to raw materials um, is is especially in the hat world. Uh, the raw materials, the felt that we use, is that hats right now are so popular in mainstream fashion. So that's that's where the bottleneck comes from. And you know, I've heard other people say, well, you know, with the popularity of Yellowstone or with you know Laney Wilson or you know all these different people that they that they're kind of pointing like this is the thing that kind of changed the scope is really it's, it's contemporary fashion because um, Western hats, meaning, you know, larger brimmed, a little bit stiffer, that type of, uh, of a base of a hat, if you will, is really about 17.3% of the world hat market. So if you look at every hat ever made in the world, Western hats make up less than 20%. So, again, going back to um, contemporary fashion is really where it's taken off, then bleeds over in Western. But I'm still a true believer that this is one of the few times that mainstream fashion took a note from the Western world and kind of turned the entire world on their head with ladies wearing – Hats again, because you know prior to Jackie Kennedy, uh, hats were very popular. Well, both President Kennedy and the First Lady before before their inauguration, hats were very very popular. But they were the first ones. To, he was uh, President uh, Kennedy was the first one to not wear a hat at an inauguration. So that started to change the men's world a little bit, and then Jackie with her more bouffant hairstyle, um, I mean, the Catholic Church literally changed the rules that you didn't have to wear a hat to church anymore. So hats went out of style or less in vogue, if you will, for both men and women from that time so probably the last you know four or five years. And now I think it's cool that, I mean, I've got three friends that are either barbers or hairstylists. I'm talking – um, actually, probably closer to twelve when I put both the male and female together. But I mean, you have people spending three hundred dollars on a haircut, whether it's coloring, whatever, all the stuff they're doing. The women and their hair extensions. But I mean, do you know what an honor it is when you get a barber or somebody that does hair or spends a lot of money on their hair to literally put a hat on over that? Like that is one of those incredible compliments. And you know, look past that. I mean, look at it this way. I am actually, when I build ladies hats, I am actually saving them hundreds of hours a year of not having to do their hair from the top of their head to the and, ears. And, hair and not only that, think of, how, think of how the hat industry is actually helping save the world and the ozone layer because these ladies are having to use less product on their, on their hair. So Al Gore, you're welcome. We are making a difference of global warming by covering w- women with hats.
0: Yeah, I grew up in the Aquanet days, so <laughs> I know oh, exactly yeah. what you're saying. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for deal, sure. Jill. I think Matt had a question. Here. Yeah, hey, Trent, it's Matt. So, you know, I know Dean sees you at NC- NCBA and all that stuff at the Cattlemen's Convention, and what are some of the other things that you, you get to attend? I'm sure it's amazing getting to go to all these different things and— um, meet these different people. What are the things during the year that you look forward to, and kind of some of the things where you get to um visit with your customers and and whatnot outside yeah, of Greeley?
1: So I, right, yeah. Um, we do a lot of trunk shows, and when when I when I say a, a trunk show is when I meet one of our retailers that already carries Greeley hats and so forth, but I might bring in five or new six, five or six new styles, bring in my conformateur. Some other things and actually not only help them sell their stock and explain the differences of our hats versus other hats but also work with them to design custom hats and we actually have about five what we call our premier dealers around the united states and that's actually where i have set up a little mini greeley hat work i mean we've got our barber's chair our hat steamer our hat bar lots of different supplies to where you don't have to come all the way to greeley colorado To have that Greeley experience, Um, you know, this year already from California to Tennessee, I think we got some stuff on the books. Obviously, traveling all the time, but I've got some stuff with um, Hawaii Cattlemen's Association. I'll be doing a show um, in November um, in Europe with uh, one of our retailers over there, and that's the fun. That's the that's the part that is. I mean, everywhere is fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go do a show where I'm not going to have fun. But you know, especially over in Europe and so forth, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that um, population that has really latched onto the American West, and I don't mean like, you know, like just line dancing and um, Yellowstone. But these are people that have sold their warm blood dressage horses and have bought American quarter horses and are doing you know reining ranch horse versatility. I mean. And they want to like live that American West, and that's what makes it really fun because it's I'm literally in the American West, and I am going to them and talking to them, not just about you know different qualities and so forth, but what these items were used for or why this style was actually how it became, and so to be able to to teach other folks around the world about the American West, the American cowboy, American agriculture, that to me, um, I mean, I don't know that it could get much better.
0: Hey, and Trent, and do you make other hats besides cowboy hats?
1: Oh, yeah. Remember I told you I had a hat thing? I had a thing for hats. Um, Yes. I love making hats, fedoras, men's dress hats, ladies' fashion hats, western hats. Hats for, I mean, for everything, movies, videos, all that kind of crazy stuff. I just love making hats, and I really love, whether it's a big thing like Yellowstone or Double D Ranchware or King Ranch and working on a big collaboration, I really look at each customer as a collaboration where I am helping them design their hat. Um, Because English is kind of my second language because my first language is I speak hats. So, you'll get that guy like, oh, yeah, I kind of want the thing with the stuff and the, you know, but not like that and a little bit shorter over here, but not too. And by the time they finish, like, not even really speaking, but their speaking hat, like, I can help them design their hat. That's the part that is really fun, is watching kind of their imagination come to life in the medium of felt
0: and and it and it's fun to watch Trent work because I've seen him do it a thousand times, but he'll somebody'll come up and he'll know exactly what they need and what's going to look best on them before they do and and that's exactly what happened with my daughter he went and worked with her, and she's not a hat person, and she um has the perfect hat that Trent went through every step with her. Um, you know, from the band to the shape to the size to the color to the whole thing and made her, for her, the perfect hat that she just adores. And like I said, I've seen that a thousand times. He, ha- he did it to me, too. He made me that little Stockman hat. I call it the Thurber from mm-hmm. a, his old, old registered Herford breeder here that was would wear a small right. brimmed hat like that. And I didn't trust him, but he <laughs> sent it to me, and I love that hat. That's I get a lot of compliments on that hat.
1: Well, and the only place I'd like to correct you, Dean, is you said that your daughter isn't a hat girl, but I would like to change that to she wasn't a hat girl.
0: You are correct. That is exactly right. Yep. So she's high fashion and the envy of all her her buddies when she puts that lid on.
1: That's awesome.
0: Trent, what's your favorite hat to make? Oh... or maybe, or maybe tell like, us about a memorable one. Yeah, a memorable one. Well, yeah,
1: better. I well, better you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like trying to say, "What's your favorite hat?" Well, it's like, it's kind of the same thing as, is like, I have three kids, and I do have a favorite, but it usually changes daily depending on what's going on in their life, right? So, um, as far as hats, um, you know, man, there there have been so many, and I mean, I guess in the you know, I mean, yes, we could talk about like when I got to go to the Oval Office and how, you know, I just been pre- built President Bush his a hat and all of those kinds of things. Um, but really, for me, it was um, it was a gal that um, her son is a local restaurateur, not Western whatsoever, and um, his mom was getting ready to go through chemo, and so he called me, and he's like, hey. You know, my, my mom has never worn a hat. She swears she'll never wear a hat, but I think that might change after her chemo. And I got to spend about an hour of her with her in my store, basically helping somebody who did not want a hat, design a hat for one of the hardest times in their lives. Like that was cool. Yeah, what a
0: great story, Trent. So if somebody wants to get a Greeley hat, how do they get a hold of you? Or how do how do they find you? How do they find Trent? And
1: sure. So um, you know, we've got we've got our website, com. We're on all the social channels at @greelehatworks. Um, we also one of those weird but fortunate things about COVID is like I couldn't be up in your grill measuring your head. You know, according to the government, I'm not talking about politics or people just like, you know, I wasn't supposed to do that. So we actually developed a, a fit kit um, that's available on our website to where it's almost as good as meeting with me and having me put the conformer tour on your head um, to where you help us get the size and shape. Uh, we actually have a QR code on there, which, again, thank you, COVID, because now QR codes aren't weird um where you could actually scan it gives you instruction you send it back to us and this is the fun part is we don't you don't send it back to us and we build a hat you send it back to us and we engage with you and talk to you and make sure everything's right and work on it we do the same thing on our web orders is just because you buy a hat online with us i mean i don't have jeff jeff bezos's money by any means so i treat it a little bit different is if you're buying a hat on our website we are going to before we ship that out we're going to call you talk about the size the shape the shape of your head all of those things to make sure it's not only what you want but what you need and i've actually um, undersold or i don't know like i i uh, upsell the op, what's an upsell it's upsell yeah i've downsold i've downsold people online because once I figured out how they're using the hat and what they're doing and why they want it and all of these different things, it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will sell you that hat, but, I mean, here's kind of what you need. So to me, you know, our Fit Kit, our website, um, our social channels, there's always great ways to get a hold of us. If you would like to um, – you know, we have a, uh, a page on our website where it shows you where Trent's going to be. Um, so you can make an appointment at one of our, our retailers. Um, I'm actually off the road for almost 30 days now, and I'll be, I'll be heading down to Blanco, Texas, at Herb's Hat Shop at, at the end of April. But, you know, you can always reach out to us one of, uh, through our website, and I would love to set up a time to, to visit with you and, and, and talk hats.
0: Perfect, Trent. And we'll also, of course, see you at NCBA. We'll see you at the American Angus Association. Um, those are a couple of the regular shows that my people go to that that they get to yes, see sir. Trent. And then if you, on your website, you can also sign up for the mailing list too. So you'll get a regular update from Trent and his, and his crew on where he's going to be and what's going on. And um, every once in a while, there's some specials that they, that they run on there. So make sure you sign up for that email um, newsletter as well. You Very guys, good.
1: You know, I guess I'd like to, I'd like to leave it with, uh, remember to uh, take it off at the table, leave it on at the bar and treat it like your sweetheart because your hat is as unique as your signature.
0: <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> hey man, what a way to wrap it up. Hey Trent.
1: All right.
0: Trent, yes, sir. don't forget if it's Western, it's us.
1: Hey, there you go. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I appreciate the way you guys transition to kind of like end this episode. Um, Otherwise, it would be like, all right, here is day four of Trent talking about hats. So (laughs) congratulations for you guys on learning how to shut Trent down.
0: Well, one of my favorite people in the world, Trent. Appreciate you. Appreciate um, what you do for our industry. Take care, amigo.
1: Likewise, sir. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate you.
0: Signing off from Western Ag Life Media. I have learned from the fathers, the brothers and the old ones Pass it on, pass it on, pass it on I have learned from the sisters, the brothers and the bold ones Pass it on, pass it on, pass it on Pass it on, pass it on. voices ring true Give it to you, tales of work and tales of strife tell the legend of western ag life.